Hey guys, here's a quick word from some friends of ours. Hey y'all, I'm Leah Lawrence. I'm her husband, Mitch Lawrence. And we host the Southern Spirits Podcast. Each week we'll sip on a Southern brewed craft beer or wine and toss back a Southern distilled liquor and I'll let y'all know how I feel about them with a review. And after we are good and tipsy, I'll bust out a couple of strange, spooky tales from the American South. We are all about true crimes, mysteries, paranormal activity, and cryptozoology. Basically, if it's Southern and boozy, we'll drink it. And if it's Southern and weird, we'll talk about it. So join us as we drink our way through the folklore of the South. Find the Southern Spirits Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Bye, y'all. Welcome to Mysterious AF. I'm Charles. And I'm Celesta. She has come out on top of the bubonic plague to join us for this episode. Um, we're making sure our recording stuff is working right this time. So you know us, we are the bi-weekly, well, mostly weekly now podcast, since we have some great stories, where we are reviewing documentaries that are paranormal and mysterious weird Weird, yeah and then we just break it down and tell you what we think about it while we have some beverages um (laughs) and so today we are talking about the mothman of point pleasant which came out in 2017 uh and the you can find it on amazon prime the synopsis is learn the terrifying true story about 13 months that changed history, November of 1966, a car full of kids encountered a creature unlike anything they'd ever seen before. In the weeks and months to follow, the monster, now known as the Mothman, was sighted again and again on country roads and around the state of West Virginia. And also, this is our 23rd episode. Indeed. Right? Well, yeah, I guess so. We made it into the 20s, like... <laughs> This is this has been going on. For it a long got time. all mixed up because we're we had a re-record. Well, we're going to be re-recording mm-hmm. flat Earth, whatever behind the curve. Right. We had to re-record Beast of Bray Road. Beast of Bray Road. But sure, this is twenty-three. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've been around for a while now. We are very established and well known in the podcast Obviously. community. If you if this is your first time, finally, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Join us as we take a journey into the paranormal. The paranormal. Yeah. Oh, look at the bird on that. Sorry. (laughs) It was the Mothman. Mothman, Mothman, Mothman. It was like a creature on my neighbor's roof looking at me just now. Synchronicity. I, you know what? So much synchronicity has been happening in my life lately. Really? Mm -hmm. Share. Dish. Oh, I was going to tell you, Veronica, our house ghost, made a weird noise today. I was down in the basement working on my project, and Nate was upstairs on the phone with his mom. And when I was downstairs, I heard something that sounded like it fell off of a counter and hit the floor. And I was like, oh, it's Jumbles knocking something off of a counter Mm -hmm. or doing something bitchy. Well, (laughs) The cat. 
I went upstairs and Nate was like, did you hear something fall? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I don't know what fell, but I heard it too. So Veronica is making noise. Um, I don't know if she's like ready for summer break or she needs a margarita or what, but I'm going to definitely burn some incense tonight and cast her out of the house again. Like Veronica, the tribal council has spoken. You cannot live here if you're going to be bitchy. Voted out. Yeah. So listen up, Veronica. I'm about to fuck it up with some truth. <laughs> but although if she didn't actually break any of your stuff, then she I, didn't break anything. I, I think she's like... just been bored lately because we've both been really busy. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, Veronica. I haven't been able to spend time with you. Well. <sighs> yeah. So back to Mothman. <laughs> um, so this is like your real. Um, first encounter, right? With yeah, Mothman? this was, I mean, I didn't see the Richard Gere movie. Greer? Gear? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I didn't see that movie. I haven't really done much reading on it, but this was, um, the first note I had was that this was made by the same company that did Beast of Bray Road, right. which we enjoyed. Um, so I was very excited for this. I was like, it's going to be well put together. It's, I did not like it as much as the Beast of Bray Road, but it was very, it was kind of crazy how similar um, they were because so many people have experienced um, phenomena, phenomenon, phenomena. Phenomena. Yeah. Uh, phenomena. And so I thought that was really. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I was like, I really like this narrator who turned out to be Lyle Blackburn. Come on, I hate the narrator. I just want to see what he looks guy. like. It's the same guy. It's the same guy from Beast of Bray Road. And yes, Lyle Blackburn. This might seem like just another folktale. It begins like so many rural legends. A car full of kids on a country road as they encounter something frightening and unexplainable. But unlike stories told to children to keep them inside after dark, this particular encounter was real. And this was a crescendo into an ultimate nightmare is how they describe what happened. Uh, Ash is trying to drink my I'm wine. I'm sorry. I, it's okay. We're yeah. out in a public place where my cats have free roam, and I thought they wouldn't bother us, but... They want to be on the podcast. They apparently so, want to just check everything out. Say hello. You do can you never a get a cat but to, do, to <laughs> do what you want. Um, anyway. Well, this Mothman thing haunted this town for 13 months. I guess. And then gave up because I got bored. Gave up or <laughs> or completed its mission. Right. Which was a har- being a harbing- harbing- harbinger? Harbinger. Of bad, bad news. news. <laughs> bad news. and Bad news bears. So we, we start this one off by meeting Denny Bellamy. He is the executive director of Mason County Tourism. He says his family's been in West Virginia since 1774. And Point Pleasant is a small town. Less than 5,000 people live there. Um, Everybody knows each other. There's somewhere in the town a mass grave of Native Native Americans (laughs) who were slaughtered. Um, And we also learn about Cornstalk, Chief Cornstalk, which we heard about. I feel like we heard about him in American Ghost Hunter. Am I wrong? No, we heard about him in um, The Goblins. 
The goblins. With um, Indrid Cold and... You're probably right. So the series... Uh, but I feel like he was an American ghost hunter, too. Maybe. But anyway, yes. He... And I was like, he's here. Synchronicity. Uh, yeah, so Cornstalk apparently... He was influential in creating a treaty with the soldiers. American soldiers. And they kind of went back on their word and then ended up... I don't think they were American soldiers well, maybe because not they weren't at from the time. America. Maybe we weren't America at the time. <laughs> I just put the colonial invaders. Colonial soldiers. From Europe? Queensland. He created a treaty. They went back on it. He was ended up being murdered and his sons were murdered. Um, but apparently curses the land... The legend is told that upon his dying breath that he cursed, you know, the town of Point Pleasant for 200 years. Yeah. Which was like Ohio, West Virginia area um, at the time. And and since then, there was this, I didn't get her name, but there's this lady in this documentary who, who says basically like, this whole curse was just in a story that people found and it grew like wildfire, and now everything that happens in this area is blamed on the curse of Cornstalk. Yeah. Um, whether whether he actually did curse the land is unknown. But yeah. people kind of... Anything bad that happens is just because of the curse of Cornstalk, so... I think she was a relative of his, like, a, a yeah, long, Well, long down either that line. or, like, just a, a Native American... Yeah, like historian. Mm -hmm. I think she was Native American, but like she was a historian yeah. or something in the area. So she's like anything bad, and she's like even not just here, like in the whole state, it gets blamed right. on on right. him. And so that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then we get introduced to Jeff Wamsley, Wamsley, who's an author slash teacher and the curator of the Mothman Museum, who has the grossest hair I've ever seen. Oh. Jeff, just just cut it. Like what? Or wash it. And condition it, honey. Pull, pull it in a pony. Yeah. Something. Do something with that. That nasty. I, you look like the crypt keeper. Yeah, I don't know what look you're going for, but it's not working for you, honey. Well, <laughs> it's not. No. I needs... don't know why they always like all these nerdy types. Just like love those stringy long hair, and it's like it's gonna get in your way and yeah. get in your food, your drinks, it. A any sort of like Bigfoot or Mothman could just grab that and drag you away. Like, yeah, are you trying to be susceptible to cryptid kidnapping? Maybe, maybe that's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, so we hear like before the creatures named Mothman, we hear people talking about a birdman, right. like it's it's some kind of a tall being that looks humanoid with wings. And so... Right, as early as, like, the early 1900s. Yeah. These stories in the area have been... Collected. collected yeah. Yes. There's this book called Haunted Valley and More Folk Tales, which I was like, I want to read that. That would be really interesting. No, that sounds good. But this thing is, like, supposedly, like, half bird and half man, which I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. I guess just a dude with wings? Like, how convenient that would be, though. Like, yeah. I'd like, 
bitching. I got some wings. I'm going to fly. Right. Because plane tickets are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Yeah. If you can just do it yourself, might as well. That's how I feel about everything. If I can do it myself. Um, but we hear a recording of Merle Partridge, uh, who I guess is like the first recorded sighting that they have from November 1966 when this whole 13 month thing kicks off. And uh, all at once, the TV started winding up like a high pitch generator, like winding up to a fever pitch. And at the same time, my dog, the bandit, on the front porch, that dog is carrying on. And he sees these red lights moving around and then they disappear after a few minutes. But his dog was never located. Yeah, that which was, was the really saddest upsetting. part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, <laughs> the dog never came back. That's sad. But so maybe you know, maybe you don't know. With Mothman, there was a ton of like UFO and other paranormal activity going on in the area. So apparently, it's all connected. I don't synchronicity. Yeah, I don't know how it works exactly, but. I guess this is just one of the first sightings of something weird in the area. Yeah. And so the, the Mothman and UFO sightings start to ramp up both at the same time in the Ohio, West Virginia Valley. Yeah, because right across the river from Point Pleasant is some town in Ohio that they name. Yeah. Um, I don't remember either. But, but yeah. Yes. Uh, so then we hear about the West Virginia Ordinance Works and they called the TNT place, and it was like a dumping ground for chemicals and waste. And my thought was, it's like the Fluke Man from X-Files, where like Chernobyl, Chernobyl and all that stuff created that man that was like, would kill people, like he put the fluke worms in them, and they would oh. like eat their way out of their bodies, and it was really gross. And I was like, that's maybe what Mothman is. Maybe. Real life X-File. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, we get our first story of like the four teenagers that saw it for the first time or the the they report it for the first time anyway so four teens just driving around and then yeah like this this area had been a factory Mm -hmm. area turned dumping ground for chemicals back in the day when people were just like no regulation. We're just gonna. <laughs> we just dumped the chemicals yeah. right onto the. We don't ground. know what else. To What's do the worst that could happen? Um, but it, it, then they turned it into like a wildlife refuge. Teens and people would go to you know do drugs, have sex, the use, and <laughs> so as you do when you're a teenager. Yeah. So this foursome's out there, and they come across. They're driving down the road, and they can see what they think is a man standing in the middle of the road. As they went past that north power plant. They saw what they thought was a man standing in the road. It stood about seven foot tall. It was a light gray in collar. And Linda said that it had wings folded against its back. As they got closer in the car, she said the wings spread out and it ran towards the North Power Plant. She said it ran in a very awkward manner. It hobbled through the grass. 
but it doesn't fly away immediately. It like starts running towards one of the buildings that is still on the land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they they continue driving, and eventually notice that the thing is actually flying and following them. Yeah. After they have escaped it, they go to report it. Um, it makes I guess local news, and they said there's a monster in the TNT. Everybody grabbed their gun. People armed with rifles and guns, uh, miles and miles of cars up in the TNT area. It got to the point where the National Guard had to step in and control the amount of people that were coming into the TNT area. There was only two questions they wanted to know. Number one, are we allowed to shoot it? Number two, if there's more than one, can we shoot two? People get their guns to go. Yeah, the everyone. I love this. Everyone just comes yeah. with their guns and is like, "We're going to shoot this thing now." We don't know what it. it is, but immediately the area is flooded with a bunch of people with guns. Yeah. So then we also hear about Woodrow Derenberger, who was mentioned in um, Hellier. Hellier, um, who had been acc- accosted by the occupant of UFO, and the person that came out was injured cold. And we also hear about the grinning man, which I was like, okay, these graphics are really creepy. Like, a smiling... So this creeped you out, but the dog man ones didn't. Okay. Okay, well, you know what? I... People, I guess, like, people are my now, biggest the fear. the grinning man is... And that's a, its own separate, like, paranormal phenomenon. The grinning man. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before, but, like... Yeah, it's creepy. Like, if a guy just came up to you and was just, like, smiling, like the Joker almost. Mm-hmm. Well, it reminded me kind of of um, the guy with the dark hat that's, like, the shadow people. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just, their graphics were creepy. Just thinking about a person who looks human, but there's something off about him. Right. That's just, like, grinning. Like, I don't like when people grin anyway. Like, I don't like to see people happy. It creeps me <laughs> out. <laughs> um, so, yeah i was like i'd yeah. rather have like a vicious werewolf monster like the bray road beast chasing me i can handle that but when there's like a person that's just like smiling and approaching me and like they get, look get away humid but they're acting just weird yeah get that's creepy away from me that's I, super creepy i'm gonna shoot you too right in the nose <laughs> so darren Berger, um i don't know how much we get of his interview but there is a recorded interview of him so you guys can find that online and this injured cold telepathically speaks to him yeah have you had anybody telepathically speak to you i don't think so i have tried it with nate like when we're at parties and i'm ready yeah, to go and I i'm would, like yeah i've tried staring it, at him sure. and i'm like concentrating really hard like right? sissy yeah. space like in the movie carrie i'm like we need to leave this party now. Yeah, it just hasn't worked out for me. No. I mean, let, yeah, no. No. That'd I've, be awesome. Yeah. If you know how to telepate. Telepate? If you know how to communicate telepathically, please write in and let us know and teach us your ways because we would love that. I mean, I'm yeah, open. Is it something you can just learn? No, I think it's something you have to be born with, like. Maybelline? Oh, wait. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember what Indrid is telling this man. I don't remember. I'm sorry. You Well, he wrote the whole book about it. So you could yeah, read that. Yeah, read the book. Read the book. <laughs> if you don't want to listen to this, read the book. 
<laughs> so after this, like the documentary just goes basically into like sighting after sighting, mm-hmm. story after story. I mean, there's a one guy with his sister, I think, who throws rocks at it. Yeah, I think this is, we get the recording of Marcella Bennett, who she saw light in the sky, knew it wasn't a plane, and then there was a figure. And she was saying something about, like, how she couldn't run away from this figure. She was trying to get her daughter. And then the creature, so she basically leaves her daughter in a car or something, (laughs) and then her brother's like, come in. And they go into their house, and then the creature is trying to break into the house. Yeah, um, really weird. And we hear from Bob Bosworth, who was riding a motor- his motorcycle with his friend through the TNT area, or the power plant area. They see the creature on the roof, so they go in to investigate. And the creature yeah. walks toward them, but it stays to the shadows, and then it flew away. Uh, we also hear from Faye, who said that the creature was right beside her car window. She couldn't tell if it was running or flying, and she couldn't lose it. Yeah, and throwing the stuff at the creature. These people, I mean, it's pretty convincing. I'll give them credit. Like, a lot of them went to go investigate. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't immediately run. Right. Or like, ah, I just saw these glowing eyes and I just ran away. Like, they went to go check it out. Like, what is this? Yeah. And that led to just further encounters of, yeah, like those two guys who went to the factory or the closed down factory and... They said they saw it perched on, like, an upper level of the factory, and it, like, walked across the pylons or whatever, and then flew away. I mean, it sounds like a lot of them are seeing this for a long enough period to determine if it is actually a bird or Mm -hmm. an owl versus a weird mothman paranormal creature. Or an alien. Or an alien, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know, and then part of me wonders, like, okay, so back then, obviously, you didn't have smartphones or easy ways of recording things, and I'm like, will we ever see Mothman again? Like, if we go to West Virginia in a couple weeks. He's been sighted, like, in the last year in Chicago all over the place. Chicago? Chicago. Oh, God. How can he get there? (laughs) He flew? He's like, I'm done with this West Virginia bullshit. I'm going yeah, to Chicago. Yeah, but I don't, like, nothing's happened. Like, a lot of people, s- now, since since the West Virginia sighting, I mean, a lot of people see him as, like, a bad omen, but, like, nothing's happened in Chicago recently. That Poverty. <laughs> Homelessness. <laughs> okay, well. But nothing, like, major, major. tragic. Yeah. So, I don't know. We get Lawrence Gray, who says that, like, the Mothman showed up in his house. Yeah. He tells us, I guess when he was 24, because when we meet him, he's 74, he's like, this was 50 years ago. He looked outside at night, looked out the left window, and... And I turned my head to the right. I mean, I can still feel that, really. Turned my head to the right, and there, this... To me, it was the devil, Mothman, standing there by my bed, and I just sort of froze up, and I tried to talk, and I couldn't. It was this awful, horrible feeling, and I thought, Lord, what can I do? This this thing is here. It must this evil presence. 
he describes him as a dirty lunar color, which I was like, what the, who, what? Gray? Yeah, gray form, (laughs) six foot tall with red eyes. He's, and to his credit, Lawrence was like actually creeped out like when he's talking about this. Like you can tell that he's upset. Yeah, he seems, yeah. He claims that it was pure evil and so Lawrence was, and he was unable to speak. So he starts praying in his mind um, and the creature dissipates. Yeah. I don't, I mean, my question is, do you think he might have been having like a shadow person encounter or just some kind of night terror and he, because of the local stories, attributed it to Mothman? That's kind of what I thought too. Yeah. And he said something about, like, seeing headlights outside his window and then looking over and seeing the being. So, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe he was just half asleep and... But you never know. I mean, the red eyes, though. The red eyes is what... They're not usually associated with shadow people. Right. Well, and the red eyes, I'm like, okay, so big red eyes... I think of, like, flies, like, because yeah. I feel like their eyes are red and they're big, but I, I but don't They know. usually don't glow. Like, you don't see. True. I was just, I, I, I don't yeah. know what I was, I guess I was trying to piece what this creature could be together in my mind. Yeah. But I also, real quick, wanted to go back because someone said that the they thought the creature was trying to communicate with them. And it couldn't, and it, they felt like a sense of sadness and mm-hmm. curiosity yeah. from the creature. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's like Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. And maybe it once was a person or it knew people, and now it's it can't. And I don't know. Like, I just was like, well, you know what? Maybe if this was some kind of an animal that history forgot, mm-hmm. and it, its environment has been destroyed... And it's only existing, like, it knows how to exist, but it, like, doesn't want to die. You know, like, that's also kind of, it's like, what if, it's like the dodo bird. Yeah. Or something else, and we've killed it now. And now we can't find it. Very well could be. They're just sad. Stop killing animals. (laughs) I think they can go on a little tangent here, too, where they're talking about it possibly being a crane, but like mutated because of all the chemicals right, yeah. in the area, which I think is a little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles-ish. But yeah. people thought like maybe, because it is a crane nesting area, apparently mm-hmm. this area. So maybe the cranes got into something and it made them act a little crazy, which is possible. Right. I don't think it would give them glowing eyes. I do don't think it would make them like five times the size that they normally would be. Right. Well, and I feel like mutation takes a lot of time. Right. We need your husband to answer these biology questions. Yeah. Like how I'm... quickly could we recreate a cryptid? Right. Because <laughs> they should ask him that. And they pulled in a biologist that. from um, West Virginia University. That was the one that was saying that it was the bird that was right. mutated. Um, and... I just want to say, like, we had, I don't know what, Wisconsin actually has quite a bit of cranes. I don't know what kind of cranes they were, but we had cranes growing up that would nest in the fields behind us, and it was obvious they were cranes. They made crane noises. 
Can you please make a crane noise for us? That's cute. I love that. <laughs> My new ringtone. <laughs> don't know. But they, they were obviously birds. Like yeah. they, and they weren't that big. And they didn't do, like, I was thinking too, as I'm listening to the stories, well, like, maybe they are nesting. Maybe they're protecting their nests. But, like, we were fairly close to them. Like, maybe a football field away. And they never... They never acted protective, I guess, with their nests. They never, mm-hmm. you know, dove us. Sometimes birds, you know, you come to their nest, they they dive at you. They yeah. make noises and stuff. They, these cranes never did that. And I guess different cranes could do different things. But, like, I just don't think people would mistake a crane for a seven-foot yeah, creature, creature with glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, we hear, like, in December of the year, there's a marked increase of sightings of Mothman. A a group of pilots sees this huge bird creature. John Keel and his friend Mary Heyer, who's another reporter? She's a reporter in the area, yeah. John Keel comes from New York after he hears a few of the stories. And they are, like, the BFFs. Why my question is why is there not a lifetime movie about them? In their romance, what I imagine to be their romance. <laughs> well, I that's what the Mothman movie is with Richard Gruers. <gasps> Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't think they have really a, a whole lot of romance, but Yeah. Yeah, they they Um Well we could make our own we could make our own version of it. Yeah. Keel comes down from New York. And Mary is his point of contact. And he starts collecting stories. He's talking to the um, witnesses. He eventually writes Mothman Prophecies, which the movie is named after. And it's 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 bizarre. Like, the, this whole town, 5,000 people, he said, like, almost everyone is seeing something. Mm-hmm. Which is just weird. Um, UFOs, Mothman, the Men in Black show up. That's yeah. That was my next thing I had was how John Keel. I was like, he's really paranoid. But then someone had like I guess told him about what they saw, and the person the next day received a note slipped under the door that said like, we know what you've seen and that you talked and you need to shut up. And I was like, you know what? How do you become a person in black? Because that sounds like a great <laughs> career, and you have good clothes. Um, <laughs> You're just wearing a black suit. I mean, just. Well, then I had to think, like, the Men in Black movies. I'm like, was that a cover-up to make us laugh and not question it anymore? Because, you know, Hollywood Maybe. is ran by reptilian people, reptile people. Or is Men in Black based on, you know, these things? True I, events. Yeah. I hadn't really put that much thought into it until today. I think Astonishing Legends, I don't remember what episodes, but, like, they go into Men in Black for a little bit and... There's a theory out there that suggests that the government actually is using people with, I don't know if it's deformities or interesting personality characteristics to go talk to people. Like, Mm. they're recruiting them for the government as men in black, sort of, so they are a little off. I don't... It's this whole conspiracy thing. I don't know. That sounds really good. I need but, to like... Yeah, but they... Because 
Some people speculate that these people actually are aliens. Other people speculate that they are government, but like... No one's been able to prove anything. Right. Nobody knows anything, obviously. But like, that the government is purposely using people with... That are odd to go talk to people for whatever reason. They are... I learned this new word today. Neurodivergent. Neurodivergent. Their brains don't work... The way it's like quote unquote normal people's yeah. brains do. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's our next career step for you and me to become people in black. That would be an amazing job. Yeah. Travel around. If, if that was the job, I would totally take it. Yeah, me too. I don't care if I'm covering stuff up. Like, travel around and tell people to just shut up. Yeah, and, like, erase their memories. That's a dream come true. Yeah, like, erase my memory that I order this Give latte and don't charge me for it. Give me a nice pantsuit. Scully, come to life. Yeah. Okay. This is our future. <laughs> this is the future of the podcast. And so we become people in black. FBI, listen up. Yeah. <laughs> See All right, I... listen up. Number one. <laughs> listen up. Give, send us money for pantsuits. We'll do it. Yeah. We'll act weird. It's fine. I want to be the first gay... <laughs> Person in black. <laughs> no, person in black. I'm trying to be PC because there's men and women who could also wear black. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we see some pictures of the Mothman and it's like, ah, that's the what cast. Their logo. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they ran on it. Shout out, bitches. Since you are copying us. <laughs> Since you also had to do... You're part of the cover-up, yeah. obviously. We know. Oh, yeah, because it did Beast of Bray Road. Yeah, Beast of Bray Road. Get out of our brains, okay? Stop, like, <laughs> stop listening to us. No. <laughs> Cut no, that. We love you. So then we get to the crescendo, the culmination, the climax, you might mm. call it. December 15th, 1967. I didn't rewind it, but I think they said that a traffic light was out to regulate traffic on the bridge that mm-hmm. goes from, it's a river, I don't know what river, I'm sorry, but it, it, it's the Silver s- Bridge, state line, yeah, Silver yeah. Bridge, and it's the state line basically between Ohio and West Virginia. Mm-hmm. It is rush hour, and there's a bunch of traffic, and there's a bunch of semis on the bridge. And lo and behold, the suspension bridge starts to snap and break Mm -hmm. and uh, sends cars and people, men, women, and children into the freezing cold water, ultimately killing 46 people. Mm -hmm. People, witnesses said cars and Christmas gifts were seen floating down the river Bodies actually were never recovered. Mm-hmm. They were washed away or sank too deep. They they did a lot of searches, but I guess never got everybody. So the, I I appreciate this documentary because a it just had a bunch of stories and it just gave sort of the the bare facts. It didn't speculate anything. A lot of people think that Mothman was there to warn the people of Point Pleasant that this bridge was going to collapse. Mm-hmm. 
But in the docu- in this documentary, it didn't make it seem like that. The the people that they interviewed kind of said like after this happened, people stopped caring about Mothman and the UFO sightings for a while. <laughs> they just dropped the whole thing. So I guess it sounds like the people of Point Pleasant didn't connect the two. Right. As other people maybe in the paranormal world did. But in any case, this happened. And after this, sightings of Mothman and UFOs and Men in Black sort of dropped off the map. Yeah. For whatever reason. There are more pressing matters. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, This whole part... It was kind of long, and I was like, are they playing Amazing Grace? They were, yeah. Okay. I, I cried again. Really? <laughs> I did. Aww. It was sad. It's sad. I, I mean... I haven't cried in a long time. Charles, we're going to make you cry one of these times. Well, I had my tear ducts removed, so it's oh, physically no. impossible for me to cry. <laughs> said, you know what? I'm getting LASIK. I don't use these tear ducts anyway. Take them out. I don't have time for emotions. <laughs> yeah, it was it was sad, and I guess you because you this is your first intro to Mothman, yes. so you don't know. But like people now see him as like this sort of precursor to Tragedy. horrible, yeah, disasters. Like apparently he was seen before Chernobyl, like that whole thing blowing okay. up. Like I said, he's been seen in Chicago, so people are just like, oh, what's going to happen in Chicago? Nothing yet, so... So it's not just on Black Cats now. There's also the right. Mothman there's also the Mothman. let you know a bad, something bad's going to happen right. to your life. Like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Life's going to fuck you up. <laughs> My next note was that Mary, who was working with John Keel, she passed away in 1970. Yeah. And there's no more reporters in the area recovery. Like, reporting on strange stories. Um, and then July 3rd, 2009, John Keel passes away. Yeah. Um, he investigated a lot. He actually never saw yeah. Mothman or anything else. And then we learned that in 2003, the first Mothman festival happened. Um, and now there's the Mothman Museum, who's ran by Gross Hair Guy. Um... <laughs> It's the largest annual... The Mothman Festival is the largest annual event in West Virginia, they tell us. Yeah. I don't know. There was... that. I feel like that's pretty much... Yeah, they kind of just drop it. But that's what I liked about this. I know you said you didn't like it as much as maybe like Beast of Bray Road, but I liked how they didn't speculate too much about what exactly Mothman was. They're like, look, here's all the sightings. Mm -hmm. Here's what happened. Who knows? Yeah. I guess there were just some parts where I was like, okay, this could be shorter. Like, yeah. cut. I don't need to hear all of Amazing Grace and it's 18 verses, however many, <laughs> you know, refrains there are. But I just... People died, Charles. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. I am not a heartless person. I feel He's bad not. for them. Um, but no, I... Yeah. I guess I wasn't expecting, I also was not expecting, like, that to happen. Like, when they were talking about the culmination of this crescendo of events, I was like, oh, someone got abducted or they saw right. the thing. I didn't expect a fucking bridge to collapse. And I was right. like, way to slap me upside the face with some tragedy. Yeah. And I don't know. Selfish. I mean, I guess nobody knows, but I don't know 
if that's what he was there for or but and and okay so back to hellier i remember they went to the the code and the whole book thing mm-hmm. like some other book where they were saying that injured cold was in like an alien war or like yeah. asking to be protected or like is that what was going on here like he came to earth was trying to get away from other aliens. There was a bunch of other UFOs there. Or maybe he wanted to warn people and his fellow aliens were like, no, it's not our right to interfere. True. Yes. Um, which makes me almost think that what if it was an angel mm-hmm. and God was like, I don't interfere in people's... I mean, or yeah. the ultimate being creator. I don't know. There's a lot that you could speculate on and draw on and since i have no personal experience with this i mean i'm ready to see a mothman like show me show me it show me i guess i need to like start walking around industrial areas at night yes so middle of nowhere summer goals walk around abandoned industrial places okay and two look for cryptids yeah it's a valid lifestyle choice yeah, and we got time. Yeah, I got all the time in the world. We got a box of wine, <laughs> middle of Missouri, yeah, sure, or Kansas, yeah, either one. Yeah, there's a lot of nothing out here. Right. What's the worst that could happen to me? I step on a syringe and definitely. I, I was gonna say meth head, some some sort of meth head attack. Well, I will bring Christina my gun. Your gun. And Natasha my knife. And Karen. And Karen. Alien friend. Karen. Where you been, Protect Karen? us, Karen. Yeah, what you been doing, Karen? <laughs> you haven't been holding your end up of the bargain of cleaning the guest room that you're staying in. <laughs> wow. But we still love you, Karen. Well, I mean, ultimately, would you recommend this? To... I would. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, it is interesting enough. And if you have any kind of interest in cryptids, cryptid history like there's just a there is a lot of history in this like i like that and i mean like, ultimately it's brought people together with the mothman festival yeah. and the mothman museum but about you would you yeah i thought it? it was a good watch i i i appreciated all the stories that they told there's and there's a lot of stories yeah That's a there's good a lot thing. of it i hadn't heard before and and different people it's not just like one group of people yeah. So, I mean, it really kind of makes me believe that something happened. I don't Weird know if it's happened. a cryptid or if you know what, but it's just like the whole it, town couldn't be. Right. It was different from Bray Road, even, like same producers, obviously, but like in Wisconsin, it seemed like the town was still sort of torn or like it wasn't a big event for them it was kind of a one-off but yeah. it seemed like in point pleasant like somebody always knows somebody who yeah. saw something either you experienced it yourself or you know somebody who experienced something which i think is really interesting and i think there were i just think there were details of this story that like the glowing eyes the Man with wings, but, like, he didn't even have to flap them to fly off. Like, mm-hmm. he would just shoot up into the sky. And just 
even the men in black or like people just showing up at people's houses that seemed odd like there's mm-hmm. so many weird details to the story it's just i i get man i guess it always could be a mass case of paranoia or hysteria yeah. but it just seems like so much is going on that something must have happened there at least right. that's just my no i i opinion. i agree something must have happened i just can't prove anything, right? But I exactly. I am more believing of all these different people over this period of time. Yeah. So, what is your favorite thing this week? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, kind to sick. say antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great thing to me. Your favorite? I, yeah, I've been sick for like over a week. So. Yeah, Celeste had a root canal. A root canal. A crown, and I've been sick like the Dickens. And I yeah. called my dentist, and I was like, "Look, I'm sick." And they were like, "We don't care. Just put your mouth in. in here." Yeah. So. I'm glad. I'm thinking you're on the mend. I, I think so. I'm feeling slightly better. Good. I'm glad. That makes me happy. Thank you. You can't be sick. <laughs> What's your favorite thing of the week? My favorite thing this week is. Um, it's almost the end of the semester, yeah. I think. <laughs> uh, nothing too fancy or crazy. It's just I am glad to think of having a free summer. I'm not taking classes this summer. So nice. it's just, yeah. I expect um, lots of invites to your porch. My body is ready. <laughs> <laughs> to the porch. Okay, well... <laughs> That's a different kind of invite. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No. It's That's about it. Yeah. And Jill's going to... My friend Jill, who we've shouted out to, and she finally picked something for us to watch. She did. She'll be here Friday, and we can record together. I'm excited for that. Yeah, that'll be fun. So, anyway, thank you guys for listening. As always, if you like what you've been hearing, like us rate us subscribe to us review us everything you can to promote us tell your grandma tell your cousins tell your hairdresser tell your tell your nail technician to listen to us because we're fun we're fun people and we have great podcasts we're the best (laughs) if you haven't noticed yeah uh what are we reviewing next next we are reviewing demon house Ah, ghostly ghostness with zach baggins from Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters. He is the. I feel like a lot of people, if you watch paranormal, sh- paranormal shows, you know him. He's kind of a dude Shit. bro with muscles, and um, we like muscles here. Yeah, I mean, doesn't take that much to get me going. Tyler. Oh, Tyler! Thanks for liking our stuff, Tyler. Yeah. Where are you at, Tyler? You give us an interview. but until we talk to you guys next time stay Stay mysterious. mysterious